Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be here today with you as I always am because I love just connecting with different people here in this Northwest corner of the state of the natural state. And uh, today's guest is no exception. I am sitting here across the table from Neil Greenhaw, and Neil is the principal owner of Haxton Road Studios. This is one of the few times where I didn't have to pull my equipment out to actually record a podcast. So I'm really excited about that. Neil uh, has saved me a lot of time and uh, I'm just looking forward to sharing this particular episode. So what you hear in this episode is based on the beautiful surroundings that I'm in right now. If I could only describe it, it's wood ceiling, brick uh, walls. They're just, you know, some isolation booths and 
all the kind of things that that make audio files just jealous. And so I'm sitting here inside of Haxton Road Studios to do this particular episode. And so I thought it appropriate to use their equipment, to use their facilities to share this particular episode with you. So without further ado, let's welcome Neil Greenhall to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you doing? Andy, thanks for having me. Thanks absolutely. Me. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And, and I want to I thank Brandy as well for uh, connecting us. And she is uh, an outstanding individual and um, she is a, an amazing therapist as well. And she's been on the podcast a couple of times. That's Brandy Harris. And um, she is, um, I've had her on twice. And the most recent podcast, we talked about kids and their parents and the the pressures of sports. And it has been like, well, I wasn't sure because she came to me with the idea and I was like, yeah, I think it might not be bad. But the feedback that I've received on that has just been insane. So I'm not known people to take sports seriously. No, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's yeah. So trust me when I say this, I am I'm appreciative of her having her in my orbit and and because of that, as an extension, now I have you in my orbit. And so I was so thankful for her to introduce us. And then we had a chance to chat. But I wanted to bring you on today to the podcast to kind of get your superhero origin story. I don't want to tell it for you. I'll let you tell it. Give us the cliff note version of who, who Neil Greenhaw is. And then we'll get into this beautiful edifice of it's an homage to, I, I don't know, what you experienced in Nashville. I'm not going to give it away. I'll just let you tell our audience a little bit about yourself. You bet. Thanks. So I grew up a couple hours from here in Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, just, I mean, the textbook, small town boy. Grew up with a great family. Uh, grew up inspired uh, by my surroundings. You know, but growing up in Harrison, it was one of those things where not only later I would realize uh, really that there were some things missing from my cultural views. And that's what graduating high school there and then going to college Graduated with a music degree later and just music had been good to me to that point. Mm -hmm. But upon graduating from college, that's really where sort of my life took off as far as my dreams and really what I wanted to see happen was I got the opportunity to, uh, to tour for years on the road. Started that actually out of here right when I graduated college, uh, went on the road. I was playing in the Christian music industry quite a bit. And so uh, a few months later, my wife got accepted into Trevecca Nazarene School in Nashville. And uh, it made perfect sense for me, obviously, to go, hey, let's let's do that. That's a great home base for for traveling and touring, especially being a guitar player. And so that led us there. And it wasn't but a few months after moving that I got another audition to play for a band that traveled not only regionally like we were doing before, but worldwide. And so that really just changed my whole world, it changed my whole perspective, especially coming from small town to all of a sudden being perhaps in a different country every other week, you know, East Coast, West Coast, New Zealand, Australia, London, Canada, uh, you name it. And uh, it was just life changing for me to be able to see the cultures, to be able to see the people. And I saw a lot of people that I didn't see growing up. Right. And it was just a beautiful thing to just, I kind of say kind of had my mind blown, really. Yeah. Just this was my perception before. And then now it's, man, this world is huge. There's so many amazing people, so many amazing stories. And there was also just a, a thread through that whole time as well of just being in ministry as well, where I'd always served and served at a local church as well, leading worship for them. And so to be able to do that, give back, see the world, be inspired. I didn't realize until years later, moving back here, how much that would do for me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I always re- remember my grandmother saying the world's a lot bigger than your backyard. 
good. And so for me, it's it was always a reminder. And I know whenever I've come in contact with people that have struggled with their surroundings, a lot of times I find that they have never left their surroundings. And I think sometimes we don't gain the the perspective or the healthy perspective that we need as human beings until we've experienced some things that are unfamiliar to us. So good. Yeah. So I think it's important, but that'll preach as they say. <laughs> so, so yeah, that will preach. But the bottom line is, is that you, you have, I mean, you spent a lot of time on the road. Like you said, I think I heard somewhere where you were gone about 260 days a year for like three years straight. So I was doing my math and I don't do public math, but I figured out you were pretty much only home on the weekends and then every time, you know, or some variation of that for three years straight and you're married, which had to have been tough. Newly married. Yeah. Got married in June of four, 2004 and went on the road six months later. Wow. We graduated yeah, in December together from college and then was gone. So it worked out perfect. You know, it really did for us and our story yeah. because she was in the books. She's a physician assistant. And so, I mean, they pack in pretty much kind of like a med school curriculum into sure. two and a half years. And then she goes to residency and that sort of thing. So it was perfect for us. But as she started dwindling down her time in school, we really started talking about priorities, you know, what we wanted out of life and what we wanted to give and contribute and, and really what would our story be? And the thing that we really settled on was we wanted to have a family at some point that we were better together. And for me, I'd had a blast and I struggled with the thought of being off the road, to be honest, because it does creep into your identity a little bit as you go along. Well, this is what I do. And this is a blast. And I work one hour a day and then get to see (laughs) the culture the rest of the day. Right. And the travel parts, obviously fun, but also taxing uh, emotionally and on your body uh, physically. But for us, it it came back to that conversation of it's time for a change. And for me, the honeymoon was kind of over with touring and looking at, Hey, some stability and being in one place doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. She was ready. So interesting. And I'm curious to know, and I want to, I just want to, it's not that I want to segue. I am curious to know that what did you take away from your time in Nashville from a music production perspective? What were the aha moments that you had while being there? Granted you were on the road, but you were gaining a skill set that you didn't have before. And you were, I mean, Nashville is, I mean, it's got all kinds of nicknames, right? And, you know, it's like the home of country music. It's the home of, uh, it's one of the homes of Christian music. So, I mean, what was your big takeaway mm-hmm. while living in Nashville that you've now brought here to Northwest Arkansas? That's really a great question. And it's, uh, it, I mean, it just popped in my head immediately when you said that was the word collaboration. Nashville gets something that a lot of communities, especially starting music communities, kind of what I think we're in now, sort of people call this a burgeoning, you know, uh, culture here of arts and music now. But the one thing that Nashville has is the spirit of collaboration. And rather than holding the cards to your chest and trying to take everything on yourself, there's somebody that's really good at everything. You know, there's somebody that's also partly good at some things. <laughs> but what you see there is people really capturing the heart of bringing the right team together and putting the right talent in a room and not one person trying to do everything. And so that spirit of collaboration, what happens when you put the right people in a room, you hit record and magic happens. And yeah. it's because they're listening to each other. They trust each other. And they're all after the same thing, which is a remarkable recording of a remarkable song that will have a remarkable impact in culture if done right. Sure. And so strangers come into the studio at the first of the day and then they leave as friends. 
and uh, you know, they have an awesome product to show for it. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, I was, I was thinking about that as you're mentioning that and, and I was just listening to another podcast and I know this is a little meta, but I was listening to one earlier where I said, man, you know, the guy was talking about the, the importance of, of leaders knowing when to step aside, right? Because there is somebody out there. There's always going to be somebody out there that's better than you at certain things that you do. And the mark of a good leader is knowing when to say when, right? And to say, oh, you know what? This person's probably a little bit better than me to do this. And we're gonna, I'm going to make a, a way for them to go ahead and step into what I was doing so that I can then go on and do something else or, you know, whatever. I think too often we hear a lot of times that, uh, well, you know, as a leader, I've got to hold on to whatever I have for forever and a day. And you can't hold on to power. Power is, is, is slippery and it is, um, is insidious at times. And so I think from a leadership perspective, it's important to a understand how you interact with other people and, you know, what, when you, you are at your max so that, that if somebody else can go beyond where you, where you cap out, then go ahead and do that. And I think that's the importance of like collaboration. Cause a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know, if I can't do it, nobody can. And that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Completely agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And there's another thing that I would say to that too, is that, you know, always be in the room with people that are better than you. Because it, because it'll make you better and it doesn't take long. I tell people story all the time. It doesn't take long to go to Nashville and get humbled and just sort of get your pride handed to you. You know, you go in going, man, you know, some people go with stars in the eyes. I went with a job already. I was fortunate, but I'll never forget the first day. This is funny. I pulled down on Broadway and was just going to go see the city, the downtown area. And I pulled to a stop, uh, stoplight and there's literally a guy in his whitey tighties playing guitar on the street corner. Yeah. And he blew me away with talent. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. And just sitting there going, this guy's working a street corner. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> talent. And wow, how humbling, you know. So there's there's not a lack of talent there, but it really does come down to relationships at the end of the day, surrounding yourself by people that are better than you mm-hmm. and, and always, you know, uh, align yourself with somebody that's doing what you want to do yeah. as well. So you brought that mindset and mentality and work ethic here to Northwest Arkansas. And that's essentially what is the genesis of Haxton Road Studios. Is that correct? Exactly right. We wanted to we wanted to bring that spirit of collaboration. And I knew that it had to be obviously more than myself bringing an idea. But really, you know, you've got to give credit where credit's due. My engineer, Ryan, who's on the other side of the glass right now, he and I were sitting at a a Razorback baseball game, believe it or not. And I, I had a really simple demo station at my first house that we bought when we came here. It was basically to send guitar tracks back and forth to Nashville. And it was just a glorified two channel. You know, you could record two things at a time, basically. Yeah. And uh, what started happening with that was I was sending some guitar tracks out, but we started doing some scratch tracks for artists who were going to then later take it into a real studio and produce it out. And what started happening with a few of those tracks was they came back and said, Hey, we tried to track acoustics and we like the tone. You were getting better in a bonus room of a bedroom, you know, <laughs> uh, or of a house, excuse me. But uh, that led to Ryan asking, Hey, have you ever thought about doing something more like really going for something? And I said, man, it, it really seems like it could be the right thing. And so we just put our heads together and started designing what it would be. And that kind of led to version 1.0 was uh, we built a house out on my wife and I built a house out on two acres out on Haxton Road yep. near the airport. 
and uh, put the studio 1.0 above the garage and built a small live room, a small control room. And then a, what we ended up calling a coffee room slash walk in between room because we wanted it to be a vocal booth, but sure. it didn't work out that way. Once we built it, it was too small. We could hear it in the artist's performance, like no windows in it. And like, <laughs> hey, are you there? You know, like you could just hear it in their performance. So, you know, we ended up putting them out in the bigger room to sing. And man, we made some great records. And there's something about a house studio that's so great. But we were on a dirt road. It was about a mile of dirt road before you turned on to our driveway. And, uh, that road is now crazy. It's, it's paved and, you know, schools and it's not, it's not cow pastures out there anymore, (laughs) but that's, that studio served us well for about four and a half years, sold the house. The new people let me uh, rent that house for another year while we were building this facility we're in now. And so, you know, what started happening though, while we were at that house was similar to the 1.0 version where people said, Hey, we we, kind of like these tracks. Artists started coming in, not just local, but they started flying in to record here at my house and then started getting commercial work, doing work for, you know, automotive companies, discovery channel calling places like that, that were needing custom music, licensed custom music for us to build some kind of a sound strategy for their company. And it really, we really just outgrew the space. Um, there was no longer, we could talk to somebody from Walmart and say, Hey, you're going to be on a dirt road for a mile before you get to this house <laughs> right, that you're going to record right, this project. Right. But I assure you, once you get here, it's going to be great. And so we just, we outgrew the space. We loved it, but our client, our client list and what we do and what we enjoy, it just begged for a, a full-blown commercial facility. Sure. And I think I, re- I even remember somebody mentioning Haxton Road Studios and they were like, yeah, it's, it's like at a guy's house and it's kind of out a little bit, but not that far out. And so, you know, I had heard mentions of it, but I mean, like, I always tell people, you know, don't despise small beginnings. Small things can lead to big things. And it sounds like you guys were able to kind of fine tune and perfect your craft in that space. And now look what you have, right? I mean, it's like what I like to say is I call it an embarrassment of riches because you have so much here that you're able to use and and then also share with other people, which I think is a part of the DNA of what Haxton Road Studios is all about. It's So you're right. We knew we had to build a facility that could take care of the artist needs. When they came in, we wanted to remove the distractions that are so common in other cumbersome spaces mm-hmm. where there's a, a, a bad workflow, where they're having to wait to set up things. We wanted to have a space where they could come in and just feel inspiration the second they walk in the door. Yeah. And that's what we were able to do here, I think, is we have multiple rooms to record in now in this facility downtown. Uh, when you walk in, we want the the lights to be just right, the smell in the room to be just right, to where they can walk in and just think about their art and we'll take care of the rest. Bring us a great song that you've put (laughs) all of your heart and all of yourself into and let us produce that. Let us hire session players like we do. Let us edit and mix that and make it radio ready or raw, whatever the artist preference and whatever the song needs. Sure. And that's just been, that's been a game changer for us here, honestly. Okay. So what are you... What are your thoughts about the music scene here in Northwest Arkansas? Granted, you're from here, you left, you went to a place where the music scene is just, let's just say it's off the charts. Now you come back here to Northwest Arkansas, you have a studio. What are your thoughts about the burgeoning music scene here in Northwest Arkansas? Oh, it's, I could talk hours on that, you know, from a positive standpoint and also the the challenges and threats that are there. I'll start with the positives. We have a lot of talent here. We do have a lot of talent. 
there are also a lot of talented people that are moving into here because of the quality of life. But I do think that right now, I would have to honestly say the challenges outweigh the talent, if I'm being honest. I mean that respectfully, there are so many great artists that we've worked with, we've recorded, and we've, I've heard others that are amazing in a live show. But the general thing that I see is that we're lacking venues, we're lacking collaboration. And I would just word it this way. I think that, you know, when you look from a, a city level and infrastructure and, and sort of cart before the horse, we needed to see other things built in this community because if somebody five years ago would have gone to a show, their next question would have been, where do I stay tonight downtown? Where do I go have a drink or where do I go eat? And so there's other things that I feel like had to be put in place before that, that I think, you know, a lot of the developers, the philanthropists that we have in this community that are, uh, they're very strategic in what they're doing. I can see that picture unfolding right before our eyes right now, where you see those you know, you see those things happening. The hotel's coming up now. There's plenty of places to grab a drink or to have dinner. Hotels being built right and left, it feels like, and in downtown. So we're right there on the cusp of, I think, seeing some venues popping up. And I hear murmurs of that, it seems like, every week from sure. somebody that goes, man, I'm thinking about doing this. Or do you know a good spot for that? But the bottom line is, is those artists, they need a revenue source to sustain. Yeah, They need a affordable house to live in. Right. Yeah. And so these are some of the challenges we're seeing here right now is that artists are kind of rinse and repeat. Like I'm playing here and I'm playing there again next Friday night or, you know, a month from now. And so there are options to be able to create a little circuit, if you will, of a tour in Northwest Arkansas. It's limited somewhat. Yeah. And so we really need more of an industry. In my opinion, we need more of an industry perspective. We need more talent in here that understands the touring platform, that understands the booking platform obviously, and that can get artists out of Northwest Arkansas to other areas to go, hey, guess what's happening in Northwest Arkansas and create sort of a a reciprocal, if that's the right word, a reciprocation of, hey, Tulsa, send us one of your artists. We want to send you one of ours and, and, you know, start telling the story of what's happening in Northwest Arkansas, where we've come from, where we are, what's happening right now. It gets me thinking. Um, I don't know if you know Orson Weems, who started the music, (laughs) music education initiative, and I've had Orson on and, and, He has a heart for that. I think he kind of, in his mind, envisions that type of ecosystem being developed so that we can, you know, put out more talent from that perspective, but not just those behind the mic, those that are putting the mics together and assembling all all of the setup and all of that stuff, because, you know, it's there is a whole ecosystem of individuals that are supported by the music industry. That's right. So I, mean, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Orson's good. GT. <laughs> GT. Yeah. I'll never forget the first day. Uh, those guys showed up here with Al, uh, Al Bell. Yeah. And uh, we had just great hours of conversation and Al came in the control room and just literally fell back in one of his chairs and just kept looking around like this is in Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, we've all been friends since that first meeting. They're, awesome. they're great. And, and again, they align with exactly what we're talking about, as is so many other people yeah. right now of going, let's do this. And there is collaboration that's happening. There is teamwork and there's a vision. It's just what's the right order. Right. You know? And we need more for profits that, in my opinion, we need for, more for profits that are starting and trying. Like even if they fail, fail once, fail five times. Right. We need somebody that steps up and goes, I'm going to run a venue and we're going to bring in some top talent that's going to be playing maybe at Canes the next night in yeah. Tulsa or. Oklahoma City. Let's put them right here and let's create a great venue that brings in great songs, great yeah. artists. 
So like in so in your estimation, then what you're describing is something that easily exists in Nashville. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you can go hear a great show any night of the week and during the day. Yeah. <laughs> you can go have lunch yeah. and go walk and hear an amazing performer. You go, how are they playing? Not, not, <laughs> how, how are they not on, on tour right. all over the world right now? They're right, so talented. Right, right. And do you think the appetite is there or is it getting there here in Northwest Arkansas for that type of, I will call it musical saturation, if you will? Absolutely. I think the hunger is there for great shows and people are always talking about experiences that moved them. Yeah. I think one of the, another one of the challenges I would point out with that is there's a lot of free, there's a lot of free shows and there's a lot of uh, kind of subsidized, if you will, where, you know, again, there's pros and cons to all this, but people have to understand that there's a value. There's a value proposition that sometimes is being left out when you, you know, it's kind of like you heard in a, a movie. I remember a guy saying, if you're, if you're great, don't do it for free right. type thing. If you're a great artist, you know, in my opinion, you should be paid well. Yeah. You know, you should come in and be paid for your time and your talent because nobody knows the amount of hours that these songwriters are spending on songs. You know, when I talk to Ryan half the time on the phone or over text, he's, you know, man, I'm just working on another song right now and just really trying to craft this. And nobody's paying him for that time. You know, he's sitting on his front porch or in his music room and writing their next song for Church Street Band. And, you know, nobody knows the hours that these artists are putting in, but then they get to a show. And if, if uh, you know, that production team or that venue is not professional or they weren't prepared for them, they don't have a setup, they don't have a sound guy, but didn't communicate that. Right. There's just some of those level of excellence, uh, level of excellence that we need to see more of just with quality control. But I'll circle back around to just some shows that are free are obviously great. Right. But we have to get to the point where people understand that there's a value to what they're experiencing. Just like, you know, the business that they run, they have to have make money and have, have something coming in to sustain. And it's no different for these artists and for the venues, for these organizations that are creating these shows. Yeah. And we're not talking about like, you know, a lot of money, but we're talking about something. There's a a good book I know that says a workman is worthy of their wages. Yes. (laughs) And I say that to myself over and over again, because I'm not, I don't like doing, I mean, I, I will do things for free till the cows come home, but I still have to feed my family. My wife likes to drive a car. We we need gas. There's a lot of things. And and that just goes for anybody, really, that, you know, you have to you have to put in what whatever you value, you will invest in. That's so good, man. That's so good. And and the flip side of that, too, is I'll say this, that those who I've seen and come in contact with that are really, really good at what they do and they do get out and get a small touring platform that then grows a little bit more. It's not too long after that. You see them needing to reach for a music city for where they need to get. And that's where what you're talking about with the building the ecosystem here, that's where we need to really have our have our minds and lock arms with each other. Those who are really striving for professional industry here is creating that ecosystem that you're talking about where they have the professional production. They have a sound stage to be able to go and put a show together with lights and with sound. And then they have a touring platform and they have a merch platform sure. to where we don't lose our best, you right. know. And it's crazy because we have some of those ancillary businesses that can support that. Like when you think about merch, I think about we had Be Unlimited on the podcast. And I and I know that, you know, Ben Clark's a very dear friend of mine, but I know that those guys, they do a lot of sports stuff. They do a lot of stuff with the university and a lot of other universities throughout the SEC. But I mean, they're big enough where if an opportunity presents itself, they could be 
able to help out in that area, right? You know, when you think of it. And so I just think that there are some businesses that currently exist here in Northwest Arkansas that would be able to pivot and provide needed services and within that framework of a growing music scene. That's right. Yeah. And I'm working on something big in the background. We do a lot of work commercially as well with building sound strategies for brands and marketing, that sure. sort of thing. Outside of working with artists, that really is about probably 50% you know, right. of our business is commercial work as well. Music licensing and that sort of thing. Got to keep the lights on. Uh, yeah. But that's, <laughs> but that's one of the ways that, you know, that's one of the ways we've been able to help the local artist as well is I'll have a, an ad that I need a song for and we'll hire and bring in and pay well for an artist to bring a song in or write a song for an ad. Well, you got a guy right behind the soundboard right there that can do that. So we've written quite a few together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had a bunch of friends that have had songs written for their podcast. I've had some friends that are songwriters that have written for a number of different things. And, you know, I'm always telling people all the time, you know, there is something to audio branding or sonic branding that is hyper valuable because it sticks with you, right? Like I, I can hear the Intel boom, 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 boom. I mean, I can hear that in my head all day long. I can hear Empire Carpets there, you know, (laughs) so... I mean, all the jingles that are there that just stay with you and they are, they're kind of like an earworm and all of a sudden it's just easy. You know, you just, it's just easy to remember. So, yeah, I mean, so tell me a little bit, just kind of walk me through just the gamut of stuff that you're doing from, from a corporate perspective with regard to, I'll call it sonic branding, but I know you call it audio Sound strategy Sound and that strategy. sort of thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so really anything that requires recording, we have a professional podcast platform, a table here. We have four mics. Zoom, Which is nice, Zoom, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Zoom links, you know, that sort of thing all hooked up where really can be efficient. We have a lot of clients on a retainer monthly that come in and they'll record four or six podcasts a month okay. and we'll record those, you know, in one or two settings. So we'll do that quite a bit, record custom music for podcasts. But really just the brands are, are really starting to come around and go, you know, there's years ago where they said, we really need to do better with getting our video quality up. You know, right. this was the 1080p days and all this, and they're still shooting in, what is it, 420 or 480, 720, something like that, right. you know. And in those days now, there's, there's great cameras. Video is obviously still a challenge for a lot of companies, I know. But what I've seen in the last few years is that companies are coming around realizing they need to distinguish themselves from an audio perspective. MasterCard put out a, uh, an article, I think it was last year, the year before, about how many millions of dollars they're spending on sonic branding. You've got Cadillac, you've got all these major companies that have really just started stepping up with bringing in a personality, but also bringing in great songs and great audio tones. We call them audio logos, sure. is what we do. And so we've really been able to help, you know, Arkansas State Tourism and we've worked with Walmart. We've worked with a lot of the, you know, bigger brands on creating some kind of a sound strategy for them. Most of the time that's centered around either a TV spot or social media is, is obviously huge. TikTok now, right. uh, the addition reels. of music with that, yeah. reels, for us to be able to give a client a 15, a 30 second, a 45 second, and a 60 second version of something. So we've had some really fun collaborations, not only with brands, but with marketing agencies. And we've been able to save them so much stress because a lot of times they're at the you know, they're the fourth quarter, uh, almost <laughs> trying to wrap up this project. And then they go, oh, we need music. Yeah. And that's what we've seen for, for years is them going to the crappy stock music sites 
and just last minute trying to look for something and they listen. They're like, I've heard this on at least five or six other advertisements for other companies. And that's where we've been able to come in and go, hey, put us in the meeting in the beginning with the brand and let us listen to what they want. And then we'll write a song custom centered around what they're wanting. Do they want to build brand loyalty? Do they want to have customers purchase their product? Are they missing the mark with their demographics and they want to reach a new target audience? Well, we can definitely help with that. You know, if you're trying to reach a younger age group, you don't want to have something that's going to reach a 60 or 70 year old person in the background, you know, a 70s keyboard and an acoustic guitar or something. You probably want maybe a hip hop track or a pop track or a country track. So that's been a lot of fun. Our team really loves that creative process of coming around a table, taking an idea and going, let's flesh this into a song. Sometimes that's with lyrics. Sometimes that's just instrumental. But then from that project, we're also hiring in session players, paying them for their time. And so that's part of that ecosystem thing. When we get a project like that from a company, that money is being spread out amongst sometimes 10, 12 people. Yeah. Talk about money being recirculated through the community. So, yes. I mean, that's huge. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. I may have to have you listen to my sound, my music. I It was funny because when I created the music for, I didn't create the music for I'm Northwest Arkansas, but I just, I picked up something that I found, you know, it was, yeah. you know, Epidemic Sound, Soundstripe. And the one thing I do, I will say about some of those services that are available now, they're getting hyper granular in what they offer you. You can get the stems of a song. And that's essentially just all the sections of a song. And you can kind of take them and manipulate them. You can do some really cool things if you are maybe under are under budget constraints the way I was when I started mine. So, but then in terms of what you offer, you kind of take it to a whole nother level where you, you give them something that is hugely unique to them, to their DNA of their organization. And I think it's important to remember, and I want to say this to anyone listening do not use copyrighted material without somebody's permission, because I'm telling you, it will not end well. And I got some stories to share on that, but that's a whole nother conversation. Especially so. when you're excited about going viral and right. something, and then uh, you get <laughs> that you get that email comes that in. cease and Whoops. desist letter in the mail, you know, and it's like, what happened here? So yeah, but it's it's actually not as expensive as you think, and I think some things are if you're building a solid foundation. You want to build it from the ground up solid. You know, you want to use the right equipment, the right tools, the right supplies, because without that, then you're going to have a problem. Well, what what is next for Haxton Road Studios? I mean, you guys have, you're covering both on the music side, on the commercial side of things. You've got this beautiful facility. You told me about another building that you're working on. So there's this whole idea be- behind Greenhaw Development to continue to develop uh, real estate for, not just for music, but just in general which will also, I guess, afford you more freedom and flexibility to do the projects that you really want to do. That's right. Yeah. So we started years ago with this development and it became not only Haxton Road Studios, but we sort of coined the Southeast Corridor of the downtown area, the Haxton District, where art and business collide. And so that's really been sort of the filter by which we've uh, built our developments is let's build something with a studio and part of the building, but let's build it bigger and let's invite people that are bringing life, that are bringing business, that are bringing positivity to our community. And so what we've seen from that is these these businesses have moved in, they've occupied the spaces above the studio, uh, the building next door, and that's just morphed into now more development, more real estate. And I'm, I'm just hoping that over the years that Haxton will just keep taking over the spaces, you know, that at some point there's writing rooms for artists to come write music. Yeah. 
there's a re- there's insane. a rehearsal there's a rehearsal space right there's a little venue across the street or something cool that they can come and play a you know a, a, a listening lounge or a singer songwriter lounge you know something bluebird cafe ish you know in downtown <laughs> or hey, even a jazz club you know a blue note or something like that wouldn't hurt as well but but that's kind of what we're doing now with the real estate development is if it fits within that vein of, you know, where art and business collide, which we feel like that is Bentonville sure. and really Northwest Arkansas to yeah. a T. It's this place where we do business really well and it's the burgeoning arts that are coming and that are here. And so it's exciting. It's exciting to see that development. Yeah. Well, and then finally, I, I certainly want you, what would you say to somebody that's either on the fence about moving here or have has has heard about Northwest Arkansas, but is not really sure what to make of it, even after everything that you've just shared in this episode, what would you say to them with regard to getting them to kind of see the bigger picture for what Northwest Arkansas represents? There's been so many times where I've, I've been talking to somebody that's been walking the streets or come in for a tour of the studio while they're in town. And I've used this word quite a bit. It really is a contagious culture. When you step in here and you experience the quality of life, just the family vibe, all the things that there are to do. But I'll tell you something that blew me away years ago was how many people ask me one question, how can I help you? Hmm. It's something that you just don't find everywhere anymore. And people generally here just want to see each other succeed. Yeah. And they ask, how can I help you? And when you have a lunch with somebody, it leads to another coffee or a lunch because they're connecting you over email, you know. And so it it's the age old thing, right? It always comes back to relationships. Yeah. We were created for relationships, for healthy relationships and a general heart for how can we help each other and make this place a better place? But how can we help others succeed? And that's just that's the right thing to do. And so many people stepped out early on when I was fearful of, you know, stepping out on a few things, risky things of real estate and the studio and hearing somebody across the table go, not blow you off, but go, man, how can I help you? Is there somebody I can need to introduce you to or what is it? That made a lasting impact to me. So I would just tell people that are looking to move here, you only have to try it once Sure, because what I see with most people is they come (laughs) once. Guilty. Eight years. (laughs) Eight years. And, uh, you know, it's hard to look back now and realize that it's been that long and I don't regret a second of it. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. People have asked many times, would you go back to Nashville? And I'm like, that is a hard and loaded question, but you couldn't pry me away from Northwest Arkansas. That's what I tell them. (laughs) And they're like, whoa, what must be, must be really nice there, you know? And and then I just, then I just get into it of, man, I get to have this professional life with some of my best friends working in the studio. And then I get to go home, be with my kids, go for a bike ride, go downtown to a park, go eat somewhere. You know, it's just, it really is. It's one of those things you can't put a finger on. You can't explain it well enough yeah. over a podcast or anything yeah, else know, until somebody comes here and just breathes the air, has a few conversations with somebody, and then they're hooked, it seems. Yeah. You know, I've always, it's funny because I've had multiple people come here because of the podcast that they heard it and they were like, man, the podcast is what put it over the top for me. And so that's why a lot of times I don't always ask this, that question, but I, th- I think it's important just to frame it in terms of, what Northwest Arkansas represents to me. And part of it is just the generosity, the spirit of generosity that I see. What you just described is palpable. And I tell people all the time, test me, just come check it out for yourself and see what it's all about. And I think you'll realize that this area is definitely different. I mean, we are in the heartland. 
And I don't think that's by mistake that that word is used that way. And Northwest Arkansas is just a different place. And so, you know, I mean, there are other challenges that we're faced with. And, you know, I don't don't have enough time in the day to get into all of that. But I mean, I'm, I'm constantly looking at the glass is half full. And in Northwest Arkansas, the glass is always half full. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, too, if you have a spirit of wanting to bring something to the table, now's the time. That's the other thing is there are plenty of places right now for somebody to come in and make their mark right. and contribute. Yeah. That's the other thing yeah. is, is we're all just contributing something. So there's plenty of room for people to come in and do their thing, help build the ecosystem in whatever field they're in, enjoy the quality of life. But really, I just think, I think this place will be in the history books. I've said that, I've been quoted that before. Uh, <laughs> like it's going to be in the history books for the arts. I do believe that. Okay. And so how fortunate are we all to be able to invest and put our time put our resources, put our relationships, and all grow a, a, an area that's going to be better for, for our kids and for those around us. Yeah, you know, That's what I'm excited about. Well, man, I, I want to continue this conversation, but we're going to put a pen in it right there because I think that I couldn't have come up with a more appropriate finish in that. And so Neil Greenhaw, principal owner of Haxton Road Studios and Greenhaw Development, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This was time well spent. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.